This is The Peaceful Corner, Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to The Peaceful Corner. I hope you guys are doing wonderful. Um, and today we are talking about um, the cross. And I have a very special guest with me. His name is uh, Pastor Melody. Pastor Melody, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank God. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning at Peace Corner. Yeah, we thank God. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, like I said before, we're talking about the cross today. You know, the cross is a symbol that most people know as, um, you know, when we talk about Christianity, people know that the cross is a symbol. You know, that people are like, can say, okay, when they see a cross, this is what, you know, they, they can, um, I'm sorry. They can relate it to Christianity. Um, so I would like to, can you tell us what, what does the cross mean to you? And what is the cross? Okay, uh, thank you, Peace, for wonderful question. Uh, it's a question that is uh, rudimentary to Christianity when we're talking about the cross. Uh, if there is something uh, I have to say from the initial time about the cross is that the cross is a symbol just like you rightly mentioned, but what kind of symbol? Right. It is a symbol of reconciliation. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't want to bog us with so many scriptures, but it would be good to just read one scripture to lay that foundation that the cross is a symbol of reconciliation. So if you don't mind, I will want to read Ephesians chapter two, I'll read verse 16, but I would like to take it from verse 14, but basically, uh, verse 16 is very paramount to what I've just said. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 says, For he is our peace, mm. who had made both one, and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Now look at verse 16. It says, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Hmm. So that scripture emphatically says that the cross is a symbol of reconciliation to reconcile men back to God. That is on a very general note, but specifically this, the cross is actually talking about a symbol that represents the death, the hope that we have, right. even in the world to come. It's a symbol of the Christian faith, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, and it's a symbol of Christ himself. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's... that's uh, uh like you, you said, you know, a symbol of Christ himself and a symbol of, so I, I think one thing that, I, that stood out to me that you said was that it's the, the or in the verse, sorry, I said that it's the thing that align, that, um, that uh, reconciles us back to God. Yeah, exactly. And because, you know, we were yeah. sinners. So the cross is the um, thing that brought us back before Jesus came. The Bible tells us that before Jesus came, you know, people had to sacrifice, right? to um and when they sacrifice they knew whether their sacrifice was you know good or not 
and because Jesus couldn't, um, because God couldn't live with, with the people, um, because we're sinful, He's a holy God. He had to send Jesus in the form of man to um, to be that um, to kind of like I, I, mean, I would say like to kind of beg for us, right? That's why He had to die so yeah. that we can still be able to have relationship with the Father. So uh, my he came to pay the price that none of us could have been able to pay. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just wanted to ship it that he came in to pay a price that we wouldn't have been able to pay. And that's exactly. what the cross symbolized. Mm, yeah. Right. <clears throat> so uh, my next question um, is like, in, in what ways, because, you know, in what ways is the cross offensive? Because I think, okay. lot, you know, the cross. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, even before we get to the you know, cross, uh, talking about the birth of Jesus, the Bible did mention that his coming, his birth, is going to be for the rising and for the falling of some people. Mm. And actually, that is how I view the cross as well. Now, the cross does not conform to the nature of the mosaic law. And that is the law of justification through the do's and don'ts. Oh, you have to wash your hands. You don't have to touch this. Mm -hmm. And you discover that the children of Israel, we are doing those things, but yet their sins, we are still on them. Right. So when the cross came and told them, oh, we are not going to follow this pattern again because it has not helped man. It became a source of offense. Now mm -hmm. to the Israelite of old, you see, the cross does not conform to salvation by circumcision. They believe that, oh, once you are born, you have the stock uh, yeah. of Abraham, you are circumcised, automatically you are there. That's not the way it works. So that has been their conception, and that's what they've been carried on, but yet they were still alienated from God. And so when the cross came and the cross told them, look, this is not helpful. The cross has come to help you. Good works cannot help you. It became an offense because they look at it that, no, is it the cross that we do it? We've been sacrificing bulls and rams, and we thought that we had to say no. So it became an offense because it cut across. It's a kind of interfere what mm. they believed, which they're holding on to in error. If you look at the scripture, let me read Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availed anything, nor mm. all circumcision, but a new creation. So they were holding on to circumcision as a criteria for you no know, getting reconciled, but yet it wasn't really helping them. So right. it became offensive, just like you read something and somebody came and said, oh, this is the way to do it. You don't want to drop the idea you have that not be helping, mm. it's going to be an yeah, offense exactly. to some. Peace, if you don't mind, I would like to still read one or more scripture to buttress that point. Oh, In yes. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. Yeah, First Corinthians uh, 7, verse 18 and 19 say, it said, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. They saw it as foolishness. Mm, mm. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. He said, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and we bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. So that is it. They became offended because a new, a new thing has happened that will save them, but they don't want to accept it. Right. So it became a source of offense, even yeah. in that uh, regard. 
then before we leave that, sorry, I just want to read this scripture so that our listeners should be able to get grasp of what we are saying. He said, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. He says, it's a stumbling block. And mm. unto the Greek, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So you see it. He said to them, it became a stumbling block. But actually, it shouldn't be a, step, a stumbling block. It should be a stepping stone even to get to our maker. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Yeah, I, I saw this quote um, by Billy Graham. He said, the cross is offensive because it directly confronts the evil which dominates so much that is this it. world. You know, and like you already said, you know, they thought, I mean, it was foolish, but it was the thing that could bring us closer to God. Yeah. And because it was different, you know, yeah. from what they have, you know, have been doing. Um, it was... Yeah, it's just like the woman at the well of Saka was telling Jesus, what are you telling us? Mm -hmm. Are you better than our father Abraham who dug yeah. those wells? You know, those were the questions that we were posing to him. Are you telling us only on this mount we should worship? He said, time is coming. You don't even need to come to this mount. Right. God is everywhere. Mm. Yes. Wow, yeah. And, and that's, a, you know, something that's really amazing about, you know, the cross and what Jesus came to do for us. Um, you know, so I, I, my other question that I have is, you know, the, so the cross, the way Jesus died, right, you know, um, is you know it was very it was a shameful death you know so why why did jesus have to I, you know I, i'm sure someone has this question why did jesus have to die in that way why can he die in a different way why can he you know why did it have to be you know why did it have to be shedding of blood you know why do you have to be hanged on the cross okay. okay all right uh one we are not in position to question god's if God has predestined that this is the way it should go, right. as children of God were supposed to key into it, so that is primary. Right. God would have chosen a different way for him to die, but that is what that is what God has chosen. That is one. Then two, maybe I'll betray the second point with the scripture. In Galatians chapter 3, if you look at verse 13, Galatians 3, 13 says, cause I mean, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Mm. He made a cause for us, for it is written, cause is everyone that hung on a tree. Mm. Now, man was living under a cause. That cause has to be taken away. And the scripture we read that we read now says, the man that is hung on a tree is the one carrying the I mean the cause. So the cross was a medium to show that, oh, he has carried the sins of this world, the mm -hmm. cross that awaits every one of us, he has carried it on himself and is ready to take it to the, nail it to the cross so that we can be redeemed from that cross. Mm -hmm. I believe that is primary. Cause yeah. is the man that is nailed to the cross. He wasn't nailed because of his own cause, but because of our own cross. So it was a kind of association between cause and the cross. Basically, I told you, or I said, God had ordained it to be so, and the scripture has to be fulfilled. That cross is the man that is nailed to the cross. And I think basically that is why uh, Christ has to die that way. Right, the cross. And uh, you know, I, I also, when I looked at, uh, looking at the cross, you know, the way Jesus died was, it was called a Roman um, scourge, right? 
and it was a it was a brutal beating, you know, like you know they beat him, um, they still pierced him, you know, um, and they his, yeah, they put the um the thorn on his head, you know, and then he still hung on there. And usually they say it doesn't take it takes you know three days or a week for people to die, you know, it was the most shameful way on the cross naked, you know, to die um on the cross. And you know, I think it really shows like. Like when I think about it, it really shows that you like the power of the cross in itself and that, you know, how we don't, I would actually don't deserve, you know, anything to be honest, because God, you know, Jesus was, Jesus yeah. was hundred percent man and hundred percent God, you know, when he came here yeah. and, you know, him going to die on the cross was him saying that, um, you know, I'm not God anymore on the cross because, you know, God doesn't like sin. So he was carrying all this sin on himself. And uh, when he was on that cross, God left him, the angels left, nobody could come and save him. You know, and you know, you can ask, okay, where did Jesus, Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, Jesus had to go to hell because he sinned. You know, he, at that point, he was guilty of fornication, was guilty of lying, was guilty of everything. You know, even though he was most yeah, that's right. and he didn't commit any sin at all. That's right. You know, so the, it really shows the, the, the the like the cross you know is uh it's not just a symbol but it's 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 something that's supposed to heal us something that's supposed to you know be, uh, you know break us you know and comforts us it does so many things you know it comfort like we already yeah. said it, it's offensive because it confronts what you think you know you know and what you or what you don't know um so um the cross is really powerful uh and yeah very very powerful and very fundamental to christianity yes, yes exactly. everyone should have an encounter with the cross yes that's true <laughs> everyone um and so that's easy to my, yeah. my next question i was going to say what is the you know the power of the cross if you can elaborate more on, on that okay you're talking about the power yes the power the oh power. wonderful well uh the cross is powerful and it's wonderful. Mm. Uh, if there is something I must say is the power of the cross to set free. Yes. So we've been talking since morning that the cross has the power to set free, especially from the power of sin, mm. to set free from the power of darkness. Right. It's like a key that unlock the heart and open a connection between man and with God. He has that power. It has the power of reconciliation. We had mentioned already, and it has the power of transformation. That when you encounter that uh, the cross, you discover that there is a change that happens that is even beyond human description. Mm -hmm. That men sees and they begin to wonder what would have happened to you. The cross has that power. But mm -hmm. let me read First Corinthians chapter one verse eight. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18, I'm sorry, verse 18 said, he said, for the preaching of the cross, we read that before, I just want to repeat. He said, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. He said, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. And when we're talking about the power of God, it's an unlimited power. It's a power that cannot be molested, cannot be harassed. It's mm. a power that does not fade. It's not like the power of the politicians. Today you are a president, you have the power to do and undo, and mm. tomorrow you are out, you don't have that power. No, this is the power that transcends color, says, and religion. This is the power that can bring nothing at me, some.
power that can make a criminal to become it is oh sorry sir we kind of you were kind of going in yes. and out at that point if if you don't mind repeating what you oh, oh okay yeah i was trying to uh yes yes i was uh, trying to emphasize what the power of the cross means and i read the uh, first corinthians chapter one verse 18 which we've read before but i just i read it for emphasis that for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness he said but unto us which are saved it is the power of god yeah. so i went on to say just you Seconds ago, that is the power that transforms. That mm -hmm. is the power that cannot be molested. It's a power that cannot be harassed. Right. It's a power that is unlimited. It's not limited by color, by race, or by sex. Mm -hmm. I was trying to make comparisons that it's not like the power of the world system, not like the power we give to people to go to White House and be there for four years. And right. when they are there, they can do whatever they want to do. But when they are the power of the the power this is a power that can bring transformation. Yeah. This is a power that can change life. This is a power that can change society, that can turn about. Right. Yeah, it's a very it's a power, you know. It's Are you with me, please? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, uh, okay. you said it's a power that. So, can, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so that is the power. Yeah, you, you know, told us it's a power that can, you know, um, I can do anything. Yeah, it, when, uh, you can talk about like the, like, you know, if you look at the cross itself, you know, there's the length and there's the height. And, um, you know, understanding that the cross goes so high that, you know, you can't get, it doesn't matter how deep you've gone into sin or you can't get past the cross, you know, and the, um, the length of the cross, you know, it goes, uh, you know, it's like an arm, you know, it goes round. So it doesn't matter how far you've yeah. gone off, you know, God, you know, it's, it's opened wide for everybody. Like you said, it doesn't um, matter the race, the, the gender, you know, or the color, you know, the cross is very powerful um, for all of us. You know, that's why it, it's, uh, it's be, it goes beyond just Jesus dying from our sins, you know, um, because even before he got there, you know, there's a verse that tells us that by his stripes we're healed. And I think this is there to us, you know, because the cross also kind of is to heal us, right? Because I think, yeah, well, for me, I, I really understand it. Um, you know, he had to be beaten for a reason. He wasn't just beaten because it's the part of the, um, like the Roman scourge. Because if you look at it, everything that happened you know is um symbolized something um so apart from uh, apart from um it's being jesus dying from our sin you know he the death also symbolizes healing you know um it symbolized other things as well so i think um my next question would be My next question is gonna is gonna talk about the blood of Jesus. Um, I heard something one day and said the blood of Jesus is the meeting place. It's the meeting place between God and man. So can you please tell us a little bit about that? 
Uh, yeah, talking about, uh, although you were breaking off, but I think if I get the question, you asking about uh, the significance of the blood of Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think there is a scripture that uh, uh, point to that direction that without the shedding of blood, mm -hmm. there is no remission of sin. Mm -hmm. And so because all of us were shaping iniquity, we were conceived in sin, we were born in sin and we've been living in sin. Everyone, like the Bible says, have seen and come short of the glory of God. We needed an antidote. We needed something that we'd be able to cater for sin, take away the root of sin. And if peradventure you fall into sin as a child of God, something should be, something should come into at least first that, so that that sin doesn't take you to hell. Mm. And it was us all over. Not the angels, not the elders, not the blood of bull, not the blood of rams. They were doing all this for donkey years, but yet man was not reconciled to God. So we needed the blood of a sinless man. Mm. And that's why the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, not just any blood, because they were shedding so many blood in the past, but it wasn't helpful. The shedding of the blood that is sinless, the Bible says, without that, there will be no remission of sin. So the blood came in for the remission of our sin to wash us and to cleanse us from all our sins, not just a continual process to do it once and for all. Prior to that time, what obtains? When a man sins, what you need to do is to go to the priest. Oh, I've done this. And you get a ram or a bull, you bring it, you lay your hand on it, the priest will lay his hand on it, pray on it and you take it to the uh, wilderness or the desert and mm -hmm. you go and make a sacrifice. Right. Uh, funnily, I was asking some people, so if at this present day, we are to be killing a ram for everything we commit, I mean, <laughs> many people will be alive today. Can no, guess no, no. How many people will be alive. <laughs> then apart from, apart from even that, <laughs> apart from even that, there's what we call uh, the, 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 this uh, consecration that be done once in a year that once in a year, the priest has to enter into the holy of the holy to go and make atonement for the sin of the people. And before he goes in there, he has to make sure he's clean. He has to, let me put it clean in quote, he has to consecrate himself to get into the holy of holies. And when he's going in there, they have to make every possible arrangement to make sure if he's being struck dead there, because if he goes there with any act of unholiness, he will be struck dead there in the holy right. of holies. Nobody can get into it. How do they get him out? There is a rope tied to his leg. They uh -huh. pull him out. He has you no know, best on his leg. He stamp on the ground for people to know he's alive. You know, all these are just complex and complications. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when Christ came, shed that blood on the cross of Calvary, the Bible said the veil that covers that altar the holy of holy was rented into two. Now we have access. So the blood has come to cleanse us to give us access, but with a caution, it should not be taken for granted. Bible says, are we going to continue sin because grace abound, because mm. blood has been shared? That's why we tell people about the teaching of one save, save forever. The blood has cleansed you at the point of uh, salvation. It doesn't mean you have gotten ultimate salvation. What you got, is instant salvation, but there's the ultimate salvation that wait for those who are able to run the race to the end. This calls for caution and for us to watch so that we don't miss it. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said one thing is, you know, that is that statement is not true. You got instant salvation, not yeah. eternal salvation. Those are heresies. 
All right. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think I should, I want to go back and talk about, I remember I always said, um, you know, Jesus, when Jesus died, you know, he became our sin and he went to hell, you know, and Jesus was the only one that, you know, was able to be pulled out from hell, right? Because, you know, he, he rose back up again. He didn't stay in hell, obviously. And I think, can you, can you explain that whole, um, you know, Jesus going to hell, coming back? Can you please explain that? Okay, yeah, uh, you see, when we talk about the issue of, uh, I think there are some uh, is it misunderstanding or lack of proper teaching. Mm -hmm. When a man dies, yes. where does he go to? Now, there is a place we call Hades. Mm -hmm. Hades has the same name, hell. Right. That was where Lazarus went to. I mean, uh, the, the, let, me, let me rephrase it again now. When Lazarus died and the rich man died, both of them went to different locations. Right. Lazarus was taken to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man was taken to hell. Where that man was taken to is called Hades. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a gulf that separates these two places. There are those in Hades, which is here. There are those in paradise, right. the bosom of Abraham. When Christ died, that was where he went to. When he got there, there are a lot of people on the other side of Hades. There are people who are on the other side of paradise. What Christ did was to take the key of that death, of that, those, that Hades. He took that power, that key, mm. and he came back. The Bible says when he left, those who were in paradise, those who were delivered from that, they were delivered from that location. Those are the mm. people that came back to ring with you know who are in heaven yeah. we say now now christ taking that key means he took power authority of hades ideally anybody that goes to hades shouldn't be able to come back we, right. once you're dead we are dead and yeah. judgment and all that so christ took over that power that's what it means so he came back and has taken authority over that hades mm. so that anybody that believes in christ you don't go there and that's why we tell people, give your life to Christ so that you don't go to Hades. There's always a partition there. That was why Abraham and Lazarus, were, I mean, the rich man and Lazarus were able to be having that conversation that was going on. Yes, that yeah. still exists today. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much, sir, for you know, clearing that up. Um, the, um, and my last question is, um, well, let me, I, was just, I, I heard uh, before that, you know, when you don't have Jesus, you know, it's like spiritual cancer, you know? And so I wanted you to kind of explain to so how, how can we, how does this, you know, cause cancer in itself is a, you know, it's a, um, well, let me not, let me let you explain that. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I appreciate you for that question. Uh, looking at cancer generally from, uh, let me say medical point of view now, because that is the terminology used in the medical world. Yeah. Uh, what is a cancer? Cancer is just an abnormal growth. Why is it abnormal? The human is made up of several millions of cells and they grow. And that is why, you know, the way you were some years ago, you are not like that. Your finger is growing, your hair is growing. The yeah. cells are growing, but they are not growing out of regulation. God has created a man in such a way that the growth is under check, mm -hmm. that inside that device and grows, grows under specification. But when a time comes and a particular cell decided to grow out of proportion, 
disregarding the regulatory mechanism God has put in place physiologically. That cell will begin to divide. Mm. It will not listen to anything anymore. It begins to grow and grow out of proportion. And mm. in so doing, it will encroach into other organs, cause destruction, cause problems, cause aches, and all kinds of things here. Yeah. That is biologically speaking, you know, medically speaking, that is cancer. That cancerous cell has come to take over the government of that body. Mm. And that is why it's behaving bizarre. That is why it is growing abnormally. Now, let's bring it to what we are talking about in Christianity. In Christianity, or as a child of God, as a human created of God, you are supposed to be under the control of your maker. But when a man decides to go outside of that, you don't want to be under the control of God. You don't want to obey the voice of God. You don't want to obey the Lord. That means you have become your own God. You have recreated yourself. Mm. At that time, it's like a spiritual cancer that have come into you and taken over that person. That is what the devil does. The right. devil is behind what we call the spiritual cancer you are talking about. Mm. And if you want to relate this to the power of the cross, when you come to the cross, you and the cross, the cross, what the cross does is like what a surgeon will do. Go there and remove that cancerous cell. Mm. The moment you take out the cancer, every other cell will be whole, right. will be free of cancer. Right. That is cross. So for who are saved, the cross came, took away that cancer that want to destroy the entire body and cast that cancer into hair. That is why we are free today. I think that's the much I can say about that. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's amazing. You know, I, I heard the story of a man who he said he had cancer um, and he was kind of relating it to the cross as well. And he was saying that, you know, because there's a thing called a bone marrow transplant, I believe. And he was uh, kind of saying that, you know, just how they had to find a, a blood of some, or someone's DNA that kind of matches his to you know, get that bone marrow so that it can use it for him, you know. And then you're saying how when we have, you know, if we have spiritual cancer, the you know obviously the DNA that perfectly matches us is Jesus Christ, and you know he's the only one that can come and wash, you know, wash, you know, his blood washes us, you know. And it's like you said, it takes yeah. away that cancer and casts it away. So you know, um, yeah, the the cross in itself is a, it's a more you know broader topic, you know, than what we discussed um yes we spend the whole day <laughs> yeah but we, um we thank god for the cross you know and that jesus came to die for us you know that we didn't have to die the that you know that nobody could bear you know he came to pay the ransom you know took us away from the devil so that we can be in him a new um creature you know to so that we will have eternal life because when we don't have jesus we we are we are, uh, we would die. I mean, we're subjected to death. You know, we there's no way we're going. We're going to hell, like you have explained. So, um, that's all my questions. You know, for for you. You know, if there's anything else you would like to tell us, for me. So. All right. Uh, please, uh, please thank you for your time and this uh, program. I think it's a blessing to. Uh, Ross and, and the opportunity to be part of it. I know it's going to bless lives out there. Uh, mm -hmm. One word I just want to uh, mention on the cross. Uh, actually, we'll look about the cross. Like you said, we cannot use the whole day to talk about the cross. There are so many diversions, right. so many areas of the cross we want to 
about. I just want to ship in this from uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, and uh, maybe as a rounding up uh, verse. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. He said, oh, let's take it from verse 37. He said, he that loveth father or mother, more than me is not worthy of me. Mm. And he that loveth son or daughter, more than me is not worthy of me. And verse 38 says, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Yeah. This is talking about identifying with the suffering of the cross. If you want to identify with this cross, there are prices we have to pay. Yeah. That is what the scripture is saying. I just feel like you ship this into our listeners that we have a duty, we have a role to play. Like we said, once saved, it's not safe forever. Bible says, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. He added, letting that ticket stand, take heed, lest it falls. They see a place for falling, even for mm -hmm. those who have encountered the cross before. I've seen people who have given their life to Christ, walk for God. No, yes, I see people slipped because mm -hmm. of error, because of mistake, because of carelessness. Brethren, mm -hmm. we have a cross to carry. Mm -hmm. At least we have a homework to do to ensure that our salvation is sure, to ensure that we make it to the finishing line. It calls for discipline. It calls for self-examination on a daily basis. It calls for self-denial. It calls for commitment. It calls for separation. It calls for separation. It calls for drawing closer to God in prayer, in fasting, and everything we need to do. We cannot but hold on the thoughts. We cannot but our hand on the plow. See anyone who put it down on the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom. The challenges are there. The obstacles are there. But brethren, we just have to hold on. And one day, we will sing the song of the victorious. Thank you, peace. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, sir. So, you know, if anyone would like to thank you, give their life to Christ, um, you know, we've already talked about the cross and what the cross is, you know, and nothing else can save us from death and from sin apart from coming to Jesus Christ, apart from giving your life to him. So, you know, if you would like to give your life to Christ, uh, wherever you are, you can just repeat after me. Uh, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose again. I and I believe in your second coming. Jesus coming to my life, take control of my life. Forgive me of all my sins and save me. I place my trust in you alone for you are my salvation and I accept your free gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you have said that prayer, heaven is rejoicing with you and welcome you to the family of God. Um, and, uh, you know, you find a, a church, you know, now we're online, you know, find a church where you can fellowship with, you know, get a Bible if possible. You can contact us on Instagram at the Peaceful Corner um, podcast and we'll be happy to help you. Um, and again, thank you so much, Pastor Melody, for joining us today. We're happy to have you. All right, thank you, peace. It's very nice with this program. God bless you. Thank you guys for listening today. Have a wonderful day.